Alrighty, peeps. That is the sound of yet another podcast. Peeps, welcome to Chronicles of a Plumber. I'm Kenny Molotov. This is my weekly podcast and bring in the bass. There it is. All right. So let the music cut out, my friends. It is Monday, October 1st, 2018. It's been a little while since I've been talking to you guys. If you don't know me already, my name is Kenny Molotov. I'm a professional magician. I'm a plumbing YouTuber. Uh, I also do a little bit of music. All the things that I just uh, told you guys, can you can go down in the description below. You'll be able to find me all the links there for me. Uh, you'll get my music channel. You'll get my plumbing channel on YouTube. You'll get my Instagram. And by the way, this is my weekly podcast. So what we do is we dive into Instagram. I start looking at some of the photos that I uh, did this week and I uploaded this week uh, to talk about basically the jobs that I did throughout the week and uh, throughout a couple of weeks, to be honest. I haven't talked to you guys in a while on this podcast Life has been a little bit hectic. I'll get into a little bit of that. I don't know if you can tell as of yet, but I'm sort of congested, and I'm way better than I was last week and the week before, but I sort of got sick over these past couple of weeks. I think I came down with a little bit of the influenza virus, and I've been fighting it off ever since. Um... So just, you know, just to give you an overview of what's been happening in my life, um, first of all, uh, let's just jump, dive into the internet uh, so we could talk about a few things. This here, my friends, is my podcast channel on Anchor. If you don't know what Anchor is, it's essentially a website or an app that you can upload your podcast to and it will actually do do the work in distributing your podcast along a bunch of different apps that do podcasting. So if you go to anchor.fm forward slash Kenny dash, no, sorry, Kenny hyphen Molotov, you'll find me there. Um, This is basically the channel right here. And if you click on this, you'll see all the different um, apps that you can see me on. Anchor, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, CastBox, Overcast, Radio Public, and Stitcher. That's a little bit of a tongue twister right there. Those are really hard to say really quickly. Anchor Breaker, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts. Pocket Casts is a tough one. Anyways, so that's where you can find me there. Find your favorite app. You can find me there, basically. All those 10 different little um, mediums, I guess. Would you call them mediums? Ah, whatever. You can find me on those, whichever ones. Also, I am on iTunes. I guess that would be Apple Podcasts. You could also find my first song there called um, Note to Self. Note to Self is there as well. Electronic. It's more like trap music. But anyways, let's pop over the quickly to the YouTube channel. This is where I'm standing at. I'm at Kenny Molotov right here. 1,924 subscribers. The last video I uploaded, I only uploaded yesterday, which is a day in the life of the plumber, a full day of service. And in that video, you're going to see, um, I think it was two or three different calls. The first one is, is I snake a drain, I snake a PO plug. Oh, I install a PO plug and I snake a drain, uh, which is a vanity drain. The second one is I have to go ascertain a leak for a bathtub. And this bathtub that we had to uh, figure out, we had to cut the roof, the ceiling of the bathtub below because that's where the leak was showing. And it was actually moldy down there in the drywall above there. So it was really, really gross. So when we came in there, we cut open a bunch, but the front where the leak was taking place was really gnarly, really nasty to look at. Um, And also, the last thing I did was I uh, changed out a couple of bonnets, a couple of, um, I think they were either Woltec or Emco, I can't remember right now. But if you pop over here, this is, if you're listening to the audio version of this, you can go onto YouTube and get my video version of this just on YouTube. I opened up an entirely new podcasting channel called Chronicles of a Plumber, uh, and if you go there, you'll notice that there's only currently one video i guess you'd be seeing this with two videos there chronicles of a plumber 11 is there which was my latest podcast and this is chronicles of a plumber 12 so you could also go see the video version there if that's the medium you prefer and that's basically it now we're going to dive into instagram but i'm going to tell you about the last couple of weeks and how hectic it's been for me now the thing is is that uh my dad and i run a very small 
plumbing company. It is literally two guys, um, and I do this vlogging thing, which I sort of stumbled upon and realized that there's an audience out there that uh, wanted to see it. And um, so basically how it works is, is there's two lines of defense for this plumbing company. There's my dad, and then there's me. And because of that, and because we are a service, emergency service plumbing company, which means that if you got a leak, we, we'll go at 3 a.m. in the morning, or 1 a.m. in the morning, whenever you call, um, somebody has to be here all the time. The product we're basically selling is availability for our loyal customers. They call us and we show up basically. So what ended up happening is, is that we can't really go on vacations together because somebody has to be here. And, you know, because we're such a small plumbing company, we don't really have anybody else in charge, anybody else we can rely on or depend on. So we've been essentially you know, having to make that sacrifice. So my dad and mom went on vacation for a couple of weeks. They went uh, back to Greece, which is somewhere where they visited uh, probably around six or seven years ago. And they had a wonderful time. But in having a wonderful time, Kenny Molotov had to essentially take over the business for two weeks, which is good. It, but is also tough. And the reason why I say that is because many years ago, when my dad and I first sort of joined uh, combined forces and I started learning plumbing, um, they didn't really, the buildings and our customers knew my dad was going out of town, so they didn't call a lot. They knew that I was just starting out my apprenticeship, that there isn't much I can do. Um, so they called, but they understood it when I said, look, I, I don't think I can do that. I don't think I know how to replace a hot water tank or whatnot. Now, and this is a good thing, now they call a lot because they they understand that I can basically do the things that they need me to do, which is a great thing. Guys, like I'm blessed to be at this point in plumbing and I'll only get better from here. But uh, on the flip side, I was basically uh, the very first week I came home, I finished at the job sites on average at 7 p.m. I was leaving the job sites at 7 p.m., which means I'd be home for 8, 8.30. And I gotta be honest, first and foremost, these sorts of calls would have destroyed me years ago, meaning that I'd be exhausted. I wouldn't be able to do the work. Uh, I probably would have to postpone it to the following day. And it would be really difficult. The hardest thing is it's really difficult to problem solve later in the day. And that's the difficulty with working late. What happens is, is your mind and body deteriorate at the same time. There's some sort of ratio between your mind and body. Your body gets tired, your mind gets tired with it, which means that later in the day, it's just going to be harder for you to problem solve basically because you're exhausted. So the good thing is, is that I was able to sustain two weeks of doing this and also problem solve later in the day, which is just an indication that I'm getting better. But at the same time, peeps, I was so happy for my dad to come back. I was legitimately destroyed, like, like burnt out. You know what I'm saying? Like if somebody called and the phone went off, like I was amped up, really stressed out, really anxiety filled. And it was sort of a moment where I empathized with my father because throughout the week, my father will get more and more amped up during the week. And, you know, I'm sitting next to him in the truck or I'm getting a call from him when I'm in my truck. And I'm thinking to myself, why is this guy losing his mind? And I get it, man. I When that phone rings, it, there's a lot of anxiety involved with it because we are busy, you know, a few years ago, we got really quiet and a lot of plumbing companies got quiet. We are on the flip side of that right now, which is a blessing. We are very busy. But that also means the, the fear that comes along with that is that, man, like we have to keep up. We have to keep up because we're going to be letting people down. Now, I don't know if everybody has that manifestation of fear because some people are like, dude, it's okay, just postpone it to the next day. And I used to say that to my dad until I grabbed these couple of weeks where I had to do it myself because I realized that it was basically all of our regulars calling. You know what I'm saying? And the difficulty with that is, is that's our bread and butter. Those regulars are 
all the individuals that are constantly calling us because they love our products and have our backs as we have theirs. And that means if we're disappointing them, we're really, you know, it's a really scary moment for the company. So needless to say, I am happy dad's back. We finally have uh, four hands on the job sites. We can split the trucks and thus split the work, make life a total amount easier. Um, but it didn't come at a cost. I've been exhausted and I've had my very first sort of real vacation in uh, in the past eight months. I, the last time I went on vacation was November. It's October 1st. So it's almost, no, it's almost 11 months. Now I've gone away a couple of times, but those times I've gone away, they weren't, you ever, you ever go on vacation but as you go, you realize that that was just an exhausting trip. There was no resting involved. I finally feel rested. Those other trips that I had to do, they were a little bit more tiresome, I should say. So I I'm really happy. I, I took Friday off and I took today off and I went Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Today was the return. And I even have time to do a podcast, so I'm a little bit cheery. I'm a little bit happy, and for those of you that are interested, we went to Tobermory. Tobermory is a place in Canada, in Ontario, that has just really beautiful, crystal clear water. And uh, there's also a ferry that takes uh, cars across it, um, and there's a little section of Tobermory called Manitoulin Island, and this place is even more well-known for its beautiful water and just scenic, you know, lake stuff, you know. It's just just beautiful. Um, take a look. Look it up. It's it's absolutely gorgeous, and, but it's a, quite a hike. It's about a four-and-a-half four and to five-hour drive there. Um, so that's why when we were going, initially it was going to be like one day or, or two nights. And I was like, no, 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 no. we got to have at least three nights. So we went Friday, Saturday, Sunday night, and then we came back today and it was nice. It wasn't as long as I want it to be. It wasn't two weeks as a vacation should be, but it definitely served its purpose because I feel, um, I feel rejuvenated. I feel like I blew off some steam, in other words, because those first couple of days when we got there, I was still pretty amped up. And uh, and then like midway through the second day, I just sort of looked up at my wife and I went, holy crap, I feel a lot better. And that had to do with us sleeping in, taking naps after food, man. It was just amazing. And I sort of... Uh, blocked my eyes from all the social media and all that wonderful stuff that I'm constantly dealing with. But look, I digress. I know we were talking about plumbing and I'd like to get into plumbing uh, because that's the whole point of this. So I'm back. I'm ready to go. Let's jump into Instagram, my friends. So I haven't seen you guys in a few weeks. And as you understand from the stories I'm telling you now, that's because dad and mom were away for a couple of weeks and I wasn't even uploading to Instagram. I find that when I get really busy and I start working really late nights and I really have to have all my faculties sharp, I, I cut everything off, bro. I cut off video editing. I cut off uh, uploading to Instagram. And I don't know if that's survival. I don't know if it's stupid. I don't know if it's right. But that's basically how it happens. So I'm going to go back a little bit, uh, talk to you guys about a few things that we've run into. Um, and then after that, we'll, we'll get to last week exactly. So um, the last vlog I think I did on the last Chronicles of a Plumber or maybe not. Anyways, I think the last video I uploaded bef after I did the last Chronicles of a Plumber was this one right here. Oh, no, I definitely did this one. So I did a video basically on plumbing pre-apprenticeships. It's a question I constantly get asked about, even though I've answered it a few times. So I wanted a specific video just on plumbing pre-apprenticeships so that if people were interested in it, I could just bring it over to them. The problem is, is the last few um, Q&As I've gotten, I've gotten questions about plumbing pre-apprenticeships, but it's mixed into the Q&A. So you got to go through a couple of questions, which might be useful, but I find that people want their information right away. So I made another video specifically on plumbing pre-apprenticeships, basically saying what I think um, is the best route 
if they're useful, which they definitely are, but are there better ways of doing your apprenticeships? If there are certain um, if there are certain variables that come your way, absolutely. You know what I'm saying? So if you want to find out new information about that, definitely go on to this video right here. Uh, let's just take a quick pick, uh, quick peek. Okay, that was the video, and I started doing this thing where I put up these teaser videos so you can see what exactly uh, the next video is going to be encompassing. Um, and thus far, I think they're working. I think they do draw interest on Instagram, but, you know, we're going to have to try it a couple, uh, couple times more to really figure it out. But that was the last video I had posted before... Um, posting the vlog that I did yesterday and I haven't done a teaser video yet I'm definitely going to be doing that tonight and then popping that out onto Instagram tomorrow but let's go into last week which was the first week having dad back which was nice by the way I also got sick when dad was away I think just because of the stress and just because of the load of work but let's jump in I want to show you a couple of things that we've had to do okay so uh, there's this building that we service and it is downtown Toronto which is where a lot of our work basically stems from. And we had to put in a new vanity, or I had to put in a new vanity, I should say. And this new vanity right here is the exact vanity they had before, which is always a blessing because that means that the dimensions are all the same for these vanities. So this thing you see in the box right here, this is a new actual vanity, meaning this is the sink, the bowl, I should say. And... What you see behind me is the cabinets that go along with it. So uh, this was the space I was going into. Now, the reason why I said it was a blessing before was because, like I said, the dimensions. But if you see right here, they already framed this back wall essentially for this vanity to go up against and to hang off of. So what you have to do is you got to take this vanity, this new cabinet, you have to put it up against this wall. And now what you have to do is you have to support it onto the wall. In other words, you have to drill the, the vanity into this wall so that it's not a moving vanity. The problem is, is that if this vanity takes some weight, which it will eventually do over time, because guess what? They're going to plug that um, sink at some point and they're going to fill it up with water. And not only that, if you open up the cabinets and you start putting stuff in there, it's going to take some form of load. And what you have to make sure is that that load should not rip this vanity out of the wall because if it rips out of the wall and, God forbid, topples over forwards, not only will it put the supply lines in strain, it'll put the drain in strain, it'll put everything in strain, and then it'll come plummeting down and breaking. So, what you have to do is, like I said, support the vanity to the wall. And they had this wonderful frame here just for me so I can do that. Now, here's a little disclaimer. Now, here's a little disclaimer. The problem I ran into with this vanity in particular was this back piece right here um, that you see going across the two, words, uh, two woods that are vertical. The problem with that piece right there is when I supported the vanity up against these two vertical plywoods, that back piece was sort of obstructing the vanity, the bowl of the vanity, from going flush against the wall. That's what it's intended to do. It's supposed to go flush up against the wall because if it's flush up against the wall, most likely it's going to be level if this wall is level, in other words. And all you have to do is put a bead of silicone back there, wipe it down nice, and then you have a nice additional layer of sturdiness to it because now it's sort of glued to the wall in conjunction with being screwed into these plywoods, right? So I went through the hassle of taking this plywood out. And that is the awkwardness that you see back here. So the vanity is finally installed. So I screwed in the cabinets from the inside, but the back here's got this 
nasty little uh, paint problem, as I should say, which it didn't have here in the original picture. And that paint problem came from the fact that I ripped that back piece off the wall. And an additional thing I got to note is that now there was a significant gap back there. It was probably half an inch long, which means that that wall and the plywood... Uh, so basically, if you want to cover that piece, you're going to have to find a half-inch piece of plywood or a quarter-inch piece of plywood, whatever fits that dimension back there, in order to put it flush. And then if you want to cover it, then you put like a white silicone to cover it up so it goes with the wall. But that was that... Um, installation that I did the other day. Uh, I didn't for some reason show pictures of the drain, but uh, there will be drain work to come. So let's take a look at that. So another thing I should note though, is that the drain in buildings has to be either brass or chrome. It has to be a metal. It can't be a plastic unless you're buying a plastic that is specific for buildings so it's got to have a smoke rating to it which means that if it burns it doesn't distribute too much toxic fumes into the building because uh, there are pipes out there as we talked about abs uh in another podcast that i did called hazardous uh materials and uh in that we did a little bit of research on abs pipe and even some pvc pipe and which showed that uh, when it's burnt, it's actually toxic to people. And that's what I've been told in the past as well. A lot of a teacher, uh, my plumbing teacher was telling us that with ABS pipe, the problem is if you have a whole building full of it, if the first few floors start burning up and that pipe uh, burns as well, it's going to produce fumes that can potentially kill the people above before the flames even get there. So that's what I heard, and then there's information on that podcast to take a look at it. So go back a few uh, podcasts, and you'll be able to find that there. So it had to be chrome, which is what I put in, chrome or brass or some sort of metal, that, and it's usually chrome or brass that we put in buildings. So the next thing you're seeing right here is something called a riser valve. Let me grab some water. So... <clears throat> Riser valves are very specific to buildings. I've uh, run into plumbers where I've said riser valves or risers to them, and they don't know what I'm talking about. And that's because it's a very specific term for high rises or, or buildings, I should say. In houses, you don't have risers. In, it's only in buildings where you have that term. And a riser is it's a pipe that goes up vertically, Hot and cold, they'll go in parallel vertically, which will distribute hot and cold to all the units on that line. So, for example, you go on to the first floor, it's 1, and then if you go right above that unit, it'll be 201, that'll be 301, 401, 501, and you have risers that go in the washrooms, vertically, in parallel, in the washrooms for all of those, uh, for that unit, each of those units, I should say. So... What ends up happening is, is every once in a while, you'll have a valve that doesn't work for you. So we have to come in and essentially shut the building. Or if the building is functioning correctly and it has all the information necessary to turn off the line rather than the building itself, uh, we do that. And what I mean is, is that Buildings spend a lot of money usually to put in isolation valves so that if, uh, let's say, 301 has a valve that's leaking in their washroom and they need somebody to come in and replace this valve, this isolation valve will be able to be used. You turn off the uh, you you close the isolation valve and now it shuts off the line for the 01, washroom 01. So 201, 301, 401 all the way up to whatever floor is the max floor will be shut rather than shutting the entire building. Now, this building that I was, no, it, there was another building we were doing this at. It wasn't this one. It did, it lost its um, schematics, I should say. Uh, it, it lost its blueprints for where all the isolation valves were. So every time we had to come in and replace a valve, we'd have to shut the building. Now, the problem with that is, is that it's really, such a waste of money. So for example, if you are on the first floor and I have to shut the f first unit, let's say 101, I have to go down, I have to shut the building, 
shut all the pumps, uh, shut all the water. Now, in order for me to work on this valve, I have to go to the floor below. If they have a basement, I got to go to the basement. And now I have to turn on the water and drain the entire building of water. And this is water, which is still potable, which is still drinkable, and which is still good. But now, because it's because we don't have the isolation valves, it's 15 floors, and on each floor is six units. And all those units now have to evacuate all their water in order to just service this one, uh, this one apartment. And then after you're done, you got to turn on the water and fill all those pipes up with water that they would have had if it wasn't, if there was an isolation valve. So luckily that building got smart and said, you know what, come in, let's find these, uh, isolation valves so that we don't have to do this anymore and we can save some dollars for ourselves. And not only that, so that if unit 301 has a problem, we just shut one line and the rest of the building is still functional. So sorry for that long digression, but that's something you guys got to know that isolation valves are crucial. So what we're looking at here is two valves that are in the washroom. And these two valves, if you close them shut, it shuts the entire washroom itself. These are isolation valves for the individual washrooms. And the isolation valves I was talking about before are for the entire riser. So those hot and cold pipes that go to the washrooms on every floor, those isolation valves, you shut them, will stop water being distributed there, okay? So I hope that makes sense. Let's keep going. So what you're seeing here is um, you see a valve on the top and guys, I'm pretty sure these are Emco bonnets that I'm dealing with here. So I got to double check that. Give me a second. Let me see. Emco bonnet. Let me see it. I just want to see. No, this is Waltech. No. How do you spell Waltech? Is there a K? <sighs> that doesn't make sense. How do you spell Waltech? There it is. Is it a Waltech? No, it's not a Waltech. Let me see. Um, Emco. Is it Emco cartridge? No, man. Okay. All right, so this is the valve that I was initially supposed to replace. You see this valve right here? This is, it calls it a laundry faucet. It's essentially an Emco cartridge for a laundry faucet. So they take this valve, let's pop back over here. This valve that you see on top here is brand spanking new because I came in the week before, I had two of these bad boys, and it's the same valve, and I was just going to replace them both, right? So all you do is you take off the old one after you shut the water, you place it back on, you put on a handle, you can screw it back in perfectly. It shuts tight. Awesome. Good to go. This little bastard right here on the bottom left is the problem I ran into. Now, if you look at this valve in general, just look at it. There's a lot of uh, debris on the outside. It's calcified on the outside. I think it's calcium, but it looks like crap. So you got to really be careful with this because this is an indication that something's about to happen and it's bad. So it's a really old valve. So I went to take this. It's an Emco, right? It's Emco cartridge. I put it onto this valve and I started turning it and it wouldn't thread. So I'm like, okay, sometimes you got to deal with the threads. It takes a little bit longer. So I just kept on threading it. And luckily, the superintendent kind of nudged me. He goes, hey, you know, I actually don't think this is the same valve. And we looked at them and they're completely different valves. Completely. Fortunately for us, there is a supplier not even three minutes. I could run three minutes and be at the supplier. So we were in good shape. I grabbed this little cartridge, which also looked 
similar to this, but it was different because it had a square nozzle at the top, similar to this. And I ran over, I showed it to them and they go, bro, these don't exist here. They don't exist anywhere. You need to change this valve. So I'm sitting back going, holy crap, this job just got big, really big. So here was the game plan. In order to change the valves and not just a little piece of the valve, like like the cartridge itself, you got to put up bigger notices. It might take a, a lot longer than they expected. So we came back the following day, uh, the following week after they gave 24-hour notice, which is what all buildings require. And I went ahead and I changed this one valve itself. So what you're seeing here um, is the hot water line, which is, I think it's over 30 years old, uh, this valve itself um, being changed. So what I had to do was take this. This is a pipe slicer. Uh, you put it over the pipe and you just uh, continue rotating it clockwise until you close it. It might not be clockwise depending on how you put it on the pipe actually. And then what you do is you cut that bad boy like this. So now there's a nice little free section to put a valve. Now, what I also did in this picture was I cleaned off these two pipes because I'm going to eventually solder. So what you have to do is you got to take the sandpaper, put it on the thing. You got to clean it with one hand or sometimes we go back and forth like so. And you got to make sure both sides are nice and clean before you move forward and put in an additional valve. Now this guys is a, it's a quarter turn ball valve. And the way this works is instead of continuously turning it, uh, which is what the top uh, valve will do, you have to continuously turn it to the right until it closes. So it takes a few rotations, a few revolutions to do that. This bad boy right here does a quarter turn like this and you're closed open, closed, just like that. Or this is the reverse. It goes open, closed, open, closed. I had to reverse it uh, purely for um, space because I wasn't able to actually close it. There was something obstructing it down below. So I had to uh, turn it upwards rather than turn it downwards how I showed you initially. So what I had to do was actually I had to cut it a little bit further. Oh, no, no, no. We'll get to that in a second. What I had to do was, you see where this pipe slicer cut? I had to move this actually over. I went behind the wall for a little bit of a section to fit uh, this valve inside, this um, ball valve inside, because it didn't fit initially. It was too, it came too far out. It was protruding too far out for me to connect it to this pipe coming towards us right here. So I cut it a little bit further to the left slid that bad boy in and then I used a fitting 90. No, 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 sorry. The initial plan was to do a fitting 90. What I had to do here was cut a short little nipple. Yes, that's what I said, a short little nipple. I was going to say, uh, <laughs> make sure that you guys know that a nipple is a specific term in plumbing. Nipples are very short pieces of pipes. Uh, so be mature. That's what I was trying to say to you peeps. Short little nipple. And then I put a 90, which fit in. It It was a little bit of a pain to get everything in. I got to be honest. The problem with riser valves is a lot of times you're dealing with stupid small little spaces like this. Look at this. This is the exact size of the access door that I was allowed to work in. Now, depending on the owner of the unit, I might have been able to turn to them and say, look, this thing's kicking my butt. Do you mind if I just cut a little bit more, make it a little bit bigger? You bring in a drywaller. But also at the same time, it's already specifically that size for the access door. So if you can do it within that allotted space, then they all they have to do is put the door back, bro. They don't have to pay anybody else to come in. You know what I'm saying? So I did everything in my power to get it done, and I eventually did get it done, but I didn't manage to get a picture of the soldering of this, unfortunately, because we were already running to the next job before I remembered to snap a pick, but that was that day. That's what a riser valve is, um, which I'm sure I'm going to be explaining in another one of these podcasts, but bear with me, peeps. It is plumbing. Let's keep going. Um, let's go this away. So... Another day this week, we're coming by and uh, the superintendent goes, hey, my unit's leaking. I go, leaking? What do you mean? He goes, yeah, I don't know what the hell this trap is just doing, uh, just going crazy. I go, okay, let me come take a look. So I get in there. I get under the sink, turn on the water. 
I see it's dripping. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, maybe maybe it's just the union on it that's the problem. I start cranking the unions, keep going, it's still dripping. What the hell's going on? I take the entire trap off. I wipe it down nice. I look at it. It looks fine. I put it back. It's got to be one of the gaskets. It's got to be one of the gaskets, right? I crank that tight. Turn it on. No, bro, it's leaking. Shoot. I take it off. I do another further inspection. And this is that hairline fracture that's causing all this issue. So um, that's something I got to suggest. Just take a couple of extra seconds to look for really stupidly small imperfections. Because you'd be surprised how thin these hairline fractures have to be. I got to tell you a couple of stories. This guy calls us one day, needs us to replace his toilet. We come in. He's there. He took time off work. And I really felt for the guy. He took time off work. We come in. We install the toilet. Crank it tight. Great toilet, by the way. I think it was uh, I think it was a, uh, a, was it a Moen? No, no. Sorry. I mean American Standard. I think it was just American Standard. One of those uh, types that we love. We throw it down, turn on the water, flush it. It's leaking, bro. What? I've installed this a million times. I know that it's pretty good right now. Start flushing it again. It's leaking. We start searching for this leak. It's not coming between the tank to bowl. It's not coming from anywhere, bro. It looks like it's coming from the toilet seat. We're like, what the hell's going on? We look underneath. Hairline fracture. This this water was coming out of nowhere, bro. Coming out of nowhere. Uh, was it on the bowl? No, I'm wrong. No, 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 no. No, I'm wrong. It was coming from the tank. And the tank, dude, it was just a little little spot of water just coming out of this random position, not rolling down. And we take a look further, and there's like a tiny, baby. This thing right here that you're looking at right here, this thing's huge compared to how, how thin, microscopic this thing was. So we turn to the guy and we're like, dude, I'm so sorry. You you gotta go get a new toilet. This thing is uh this thing's not working. <laughs> this thing is uh manufactured incorrectly. It's broke, man. Poor guy has to go, calls us the following day. And the thing is, like, you, as a plumbing company, you really you feel for the guy, but at the same time, like you're still driving another forty five minutes to get see him. So when it came time to do the bill. We had to charge two truck charges, and, and my dad really tried to help him out, but at the same time, it's like, bro, it's not a, it's not a close hike for us. It's not like it's down the street. We, so, yeah, Buddy was a little bit upset, but at the same time, it wasn't neither our fault nor his fault that this happened. So anyways, dad tried to give him a deal, uh, made it a bit cheaper on the second truck charge, but that's that's the way the cookie crumbles, unfortunately, you know, like we feel for you. We know it wasn't your fault. Um, at the same time, it wasn't our fault. Peeps, I'm curious what you think. Um, if you are a working plumber out there, if you have to come twice, do you charge two truck charges or do you feel bad doing that? Like what's, what's the game plan? Let us know what you guys are doing so maybe we can find a better way of dealing with it. But, you know, he was upset and I get it. I'd be upset too. Uh, but at the same time, like, bro, like I said, we're still wasting gas. Like we're still spending gas. We're still, we still have over, overhead charges and stuff like that. So anyways, Buddy wasn't happy. I'll tell you another story. There's this contractor that we worked with maybe once. So there's this contractor that we worked with uh, twice, if that. I think it was twice. I think it was twice. Like, we barely see this guy. Um, you know, I don't know. The, these stories are frustrating for me, especially from people inside the trade. <laughs> I know a couple of guys like this. So this guy shows up with a brand new uh, vanity sink. And this vanity sink is designed so that you just need any countertop. It usually comes with a template. You cut out what that template is. You throw this on top. You're good to go. Okay, cool. He comes with it. 
with no template. Where's the box? No, oh, there's no box. I found this on the side of the street. Side of the street? He goes, yeah, man. It's like brand new. I don't know why they're throwing it out. Okay, so this guy's getting a deal. All right, I, I get it. I get it. But don't you think it's a little bit too good to be true that uh, there's a, a brand new vanity on the side of the road? Anyways, <laughs> I turn it over. I start installing the PO plug. Lo and behold, there's something that doesn't look right on the bottom of this vanity. And because he's not a plumber, I guess he doesn't really have the eye to take an extra cautious look at it. But it looked like there was a fracture going through it. And it wasn't small either. It was pretty damn long. And I was like, uh, you got to come here and take a look at this. My dad and him came over. And my dad's like, oh, yeah, um, that's not going to be good. That's probably why I was on the side of the road. It was probably leaking on these guys. And they're like, screw it. Let's throw it out. So uh, this contractor that we're working with had to go through the painstaking task of of significantly uh, siliconing this thing, which I don't know. Look, it, you can definitely do it this way, and I don't want to rag on people that do it this way, but if you're going to install a new sink, bro, get a new sink and install a new sink. If it's manufactured incorrectly, bro, that's why, that's why for us, it's better for us to just buy a new one or buy something, like buy a new one, get take it from a supplier, so that if in the first three months something like this goes down, they're going to call us and go, bro, your sink sucks. We're going to go back to the store and go, bro, your sink sucks. You know what I'm saying? Like that's the advantage to buying something new. You have a receipt. You throw it in the face of the person you bought it from and say, there's a defect on this. We need something new because our customers are upset, as are we. So, you know, I don't want to rag on people that do that. I get it. I know people that do that. They like to save a dollar. I get it, man. I get it. But at the same time, the way I think of it as is, look, there's a guarantee if you have a receipt. You know what I'm saying? There's a guarantee. Um, and look, God forbid, knock on wood, bro. God forbid, God forbid that there's a leak that takes place and it floods the entire house. God forbid. I'm telling you, this. this even saying it makes me nervous. Guess what? They're coming after you, bro. You installed it. They're coming right after you. Come for your throat, man. So guess what? If you had a receipt that said you bought it from Rona or Home Depot or Noble Trade, you can go back to Noble Trade and say, guess what? They're suing me and I'm suing you, bro. That's it. That's how you got to throw it down. That's why it's just better to buy it new with a receipt so that you can throw it in people's faces and protect your own tail. So that's all I got to say about that. I'm not going to keep going. But that's the story about the other fracture, hairline fracture that made us real nervous. So that's what we ran into this day. Uh, that's what you're seeing right here. And the good thing about this is we have this trap in the truck. All we have to do is take it out, tighten it nice. And if you want to get even fancier, you can solder it into the existing drain. Um, but the drain looked pretty damn new. And this thing looked like it was in good shape. So all we did was swap out the trap, which is always an easy way to go. Took us no more than five to ten minutes after ascertaining that there's a hairline crack. Take a couple extra seconds, peeps, and make sure that that darn thing is in fact there, okay? Because I completely was like, yo, I don't understand what's going on. It was the union. One more. One more. I'm going to show you how I ended my week before dad and I, or yeah, before I departed for my tiny little four-day vacation, which was oh so needed. So here's what it is. Look at this nasty sink, peeps. This thing is 30, 31, 32 years old. Same age as me. Thank goodness on the outside, at least, I'm looking better than this sink right here. Same age as me. It's got a nasty crack down the side. It's in rough shape. Rough shape. You know what I'm saying? It's seen better days. Dude, this guy's not been good. This guy's been dealing with some tough times, you know? Went through a couple of recessions. Never made it out okay either, man. There's scars all over this dude. Look at this sink. Bro, it looks ruined. And dad and I had to come in and we had to install a new sink. Now, I got to tell you guys, 
I don't know if you've ever had to deal with these uh, one-piece units. I don't know what they're called. I don't even want to know their names, but I should learn their names because every time we see them, we go, holy crap, we got to deal with this, bro. He brought in, the customer brought in this massive unit. Now, this unit is beautiful. I'm not going to take anything away from the aesthetic. Really good craftsmanship. Fine, fine work by the manufacturers. It is a ginormous vanity cabinet with a ginormous vanity countertop attached to it. And like I want to stress, attached, my friends, this vanity countertop came as one piece with this thing. They glue this crap together, my friends. And I don't know if you've ever picked up a really heavy cabinet with a vanity uh, sink on top, but it's not... It's not plumber friendly. You know what I'm saying? You literally need the Green Bay Packers to come in and grab this thing correctly to walk it over. Two small Mediterranean guys like my dad and I, you think that was easy? Nah, bro. We struggled hard. Super hard. And you have to struggle hard because you can't just sloppily start dragging it into the next room. This thing's going to fall. It weighs at least Easy 250 pounds. Easy, bro. Easy 250 pounds. This thing falls on your foot. Game over. You need to have steel toes. You need to walk around in steel toes. This thing topples over into drywall. Game over. Drywall and whatever's behind it. This thing breaks on you. Game over. It's $800, bro. You got to buy one for the customer. I'm telling you, it's bad news. It's it's one of those people that shows up to a party and right away you look at them and like, bro, I got to hide the alcohol. They're going to drink it all. You can feel it on them. So sorry about that rant, bro. This was a nightmare. Nightmare. It took us 45 minutes just to get it into the stupid washroom. Oh my gosh, we had to remove the washroom door to get it in. And here's the kicker, peeps. I couldn't show you a lot of pictures because we're still in the middle of doing this. But peeps, listen, listen, look at this previous picture, okay? You see the state of the vanity here? This vanity that I told you has seen two recessions? Bro, that's the washroom. That's not just the vanity, man. The whole washroom looks like it's hurting like this. It's all 31 years old. So we ripped this guy out. The superintendent goes, we got to take that mirror off. And we're like, bro, we don't deal with mirrors. Every time we try to take one off, we break it. It's not worth it. Let's just start by smashing it. Superintendent's like, give me five minutes. All right, I got this. Superintendent rips out the whole thing like, like he's a boss. Anyways. So we put this beautiful cabinet that took us 45 minutes to get in inside this washroom. And guess what? The cabinet looks stellar. It looks fantastic. It looks magnificent. It, it makes everybody feel warm on the inside, except you got 31-years-old drywall. You got 31-year-old paint all around you, and the rest of it looks like ass, bro. Like ass. Part of my language. So... We kind of bring the customer in because you got to realize, look, yeah, we're here to install. We'll do whatever you want. But at the same time, we want to be able to put stuff on Instagram and go, look, we ain't half bad. We ain't the best, but we ain't the worst. And we're like, bro, you got to you got to you got to do up this washroom. You know what I'm saying, bro? And he's like, you think I go, what do you what do you mean you think, bro? Like, like this, you spent like 800 bucks on this. It's gorgeous. Your drywall looks like, it looks like you let a line loose inside the washroom for a couple of days and it started mauling everything, partly because we were trying to take out the mirror. I, I get it. I get it. So at first we're like, look, the basic um, strategy with this sort of stuff is you don't do the finishing phase until the end of everything else. So in other words, you bring somebody in. You bring somebody in. We'll come disconnect the toilet. We'll come disconnect the old vanity parts. You bring somebody in that's good at the drywall thing, good at the painting thing. You know, like a general contractor that likes to do all that stuff all together or has the guys and, and, and ladies to do it. And then they like... 
sweeten up the deal. You know what I mean? Like they sand it down. If it's moldy, they put new drywall up. If you want to put tiles, bro, get fancy and put tiles. You want to redo the floors. And that's another thing on the floor because of that old vanity and you take the old vanity off and the old cabinets off, it's missing some tiles because they needed to make sure that it fit in the space so they didn't tile underneath it. But this vanity that we're putting in, the beautiful one, it's all open underneath. You can see everything. It looks stupid. I started like, bro, clean her up, man. You got to get somebody in. Do this up nice so this vanity doesn't look out of place. It's like plastic surgery. You can't just do your eyebrows and then all of a sudden you got 58-year-old hair, hair receding hairline and whatnot. I shouldn't have gone into the plastic surgery conversation. I heard Bill Burr do, do a bit on that. It just made sense. You can't do your lips at 40 years old because the rest of it is 40 years old. You got to start doing everything. That's the same with a washroom, bro. You come into the washroom, it looks 30. 31 years old. This vanity is five years, five days old. You gotta put it in there and you gotta make everything a few days old. So we were like, okay, bring somebody in, do the drywall. He's like, I don't know, a guy. We're like, okay, we know guys. Here, let me call our guy. We called the guy. And he's like, okay, you guys install this thing and then he's gonna come back and he's gonna do those things. He's gonna give it a facelift. Which is one way to do it. It is. But I feel bad for the guy we called for our general contractor because now he's got to be super careful because this is a beautiful unit. You got to put drop sheets down. You can't do the tile underneath it anymore. That's game over. Except for the spaces that need tiles. What I'm saying is, is that if you're going to retile a bathroom, you got to retile everything. You got to rip the toilet seat out, retile all around it. It's going to look nice. But he, I don't know. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? You know when you meet somebody and uh, they're brand new to it, but they're also an authority on the subject? This guy was sort of like that. Not really. Honestly, I don't think he cared about the washroom, which is cool. But at the same time, like my heart's aching because like such a beautiful vanity. So gorgeous. I want this in my house, bro. And I'd get my guy to come in and do the tile and do the drywall. So now what uh, our guy has to do is he has to come in, make sure he doesn't paint up this thing. Because if he does, it's game over for him. And then he's got to repaint and whatnot, which is, look, that's one way to do it. Not the way I would have suggested it. But got to do what you got to do. So um, that was my week last week, peeps. That was a whole week of plumbing for me. I think I missed a day, but it's okay. We're going to get back onto it. I just want to say thank you guys for all the support you've been throwing at me, all the love. Love you guys back. Um, this is Chronicles of Plumber. I'm Kenny Molotov, professional plumber, magician, YouTuber, and I do a little bit of music. And you know what? I'm going to see you guys in the next one. Appreciate all your love. Kenny Molotov, guys. Peace, baby.